0: Uh, everybody knows what we're talking about. You could watch online from last week uh, to catch the whole message or get you a, a free CD in the back <coughs> of part one where uh, you could get this whole message. But what it says here is, it uh, started with Second Corinthians one twenty. It says this, For no matter how many the promises God has made, they are what? yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ and through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And I told you last week that amen translates let it be so. God has spoken it so let it be so in my life. That's what he's saying. But how many of you know that it's saying all God's promises are yes and amen but we don't always walk in God's promises. God's promises doesn't always come fulfill, fulfill in our life. Because God's promises are conditional. You hear me? Did Jesus die for every human being? Yeah. Is every human being going to be saved? No. You see, we were promised the gift of salvation, but it says that you have to receive Christ. To get that salvation, so the promise is there for every single every single person ever been born, but every single person does not walk in that salvation. It's conditional. We we have a part to play in every promise of God. It says, uh, "Give and then it shall be given to you." right? There's all things that we have to understand. So God's, uh, again, last week we we talked about this a little bit more. So understanding God's uh, promises are conditional. And again, what we talked about last week is that the nation of Israel, Moses was supposed to take them into the promised land, the land flowing in milk and honey. And we're going to look in a second here uh, that God's word says, I promise them this, but they never walked in the promised land. Because of their lack of faith, their fear, their things, that they wandered around the desert till that generation passed. And God said, well, maybe this next generation will believe my promises for them. And so we see uh, in Joshua 1, uh, 1 through 3 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord uh, said, said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. He says, now then. You and all these people, those are next two very important words. Get ready. Get ready, because he's saying you're not ready right now. Get ready, or in other words, be prepared. We have to be prepared, because guess what? When he's telling them you're going into the land flowing with milk and honey, that doesn't mean that it's just going to be, you know, a yellow brick road. It's a land filled with giants. It has milk and honey, but there's giants and fortified cities there. So you have to be ready because your faith's going to be tested. And uh, again, the Israelites in Moses' time, they failed the test. And, and I'm just quickly going through this. We went through all this last week. Because what had happened was uh, God had promised Moses and the Israelites, he says, we're getting ready to take, go into the promised land. And he says, send 12 spies in. Ten of them came back with a negative report. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that believed. The naysayer said, "We we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and in their eyes, and that's a key statement. We look like grasshoppers in our. In other words, they were saying we don't believe we could go in either. Not only do the, does the enemy think they could beat us, but we don't think we could beat them. So we have to understand that having faith is not a, is not the absence of fear, because when when." Again, we talked about this last week. When he tells them to get ready to go cross the Jordan, the Jordan was at flood stage. It wasn't a little ditch that you could just jump across. It was flowing. It was, fl- you know, and mo- people would get swept away. And it. he says, but get ready to cross. Why did, why did God wait? And, and let me put the scripture up. Uh, uh, Joshua 3.15 says this. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Why did God wait till that time? Because it takes faith and he tells them uh, let, let me just show you here Joshua 3:13 uh, says this and as soon as this is when he's telling them on the cross he says as soon as as soon as means it's not not yet he says as soon as the priests who carried the ark of the Lord representing the presence of God, to all the earth, as soon as they set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Not before. Not as as they get, when they get 10 feet from it, it's still flowing at full force. When they pick up their foot to step in, it's still flowing at full force. It's not until they take that step of faith and their foot hits the water will I bring dry land. And I talked to you about last week that our soul, mind, will, and emotions has fear and doubts. Faith isn't the absence of fear, but it's what you do in that fear. Are you going to take the step or not? You see, the, the, with Moses, they said, we're not taking the step. But with Joshua, they said, we're going to step. Amen. So let's quickly continue reading this. Uh, Joshua 1, 1 through 3. Again, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, said to Joshua, son of Nun, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, uh, you and these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. He says, I will give you every place. Notice he says, I will give you. You will not take it. He says, I'm going to give you. It's bring, rep, the God, presence of God in your life does this. He says, I will give you every place you set your foot. And notice what he says, as I promised Moses. But the first group of Israelites were scared to put their foot. You hear me? We have to have faith enough to step, to let go of the past. You can't bring the past with you into the promised land. And what was the struggle with the Israelites in the beginning? They, they, they were always scared of what they were going to be facing, the unknown. They had the fear of the unknown that they always wanted to go back to what was familiar to them. Although it was slavery, they still wanted to rather go back there instead of face the future. You can't bring your past into your future. You can't bring Egypt into the promised land. If you want to go into the promised land, God says you've got to let go of Egypt. So to going into the uh, land of milk and honey, again, quickly, from this is still from last week. The first part we talked about last week is how do we take that first step of faith is realizing that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan. He didn't just put you here on earth with no plan, nothing just to roam around like a, a dodo bird. Like a seagull on the... I always, if you worked offshore, it's like a seagull on the back deck of a supply boat wondering where in the world they're at. Where's the land? He didn't put you here helpless and hopeless. He has a plan for your life. And if I understand that he has a plan for my life, he is with me. And if I follow him, God will establish that plan. And uh, Again... Uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, 10 through 13 just said this. We, we talked about it. This is talking to Jeremiah. He says, this is what the Lord says. When the 70 years are complete, and I, wanted, I mentioned last week, when the 70 years are complete, we need to understand that it's God's timing and not ours. See, he's the king of kings, not Burger King that you have at your way. Right? He's the king of kings, not Burger King, where I'd go through the drive-thru and say, this is how I want it, and this is when I want it, and all this thing. We rely on God's time. He says, after the 70 years, he says, I will come, and notice what it says, I will come and fulfill my gracious promise. Keeping his promises to bring back you to his place. And in verse 11, which is a very familiar verse, he says, "God saying, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and the future. And we talked about that. For God has plans for you. God has a plan. He says, then you will call on me and I pray to me and I will listen to you. Then you will seek me and find me. And this is key. When you seek me and find me and uh, with all your heart. When you totally sell out for him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these things will be given to you. Too many people are seeking God's hand and not God. Again, what we talked about last week, then all these uh, scriptures I have referencing, you Thing, but this is what, again, I just need to touch on today. Jeremiah 1.5 says this about Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb. Even before you were formed in the womb, Jeremiah, God says, I knew you. Now, this isn't just for Jeremiah. This is for each and every person. Before God formed you in the womb, he knew you. And that word translates from knew you is not just intellect. I know of you. It means I know you in a personal way. I already know you. And then it says this. Before you were born, I I set you apart and appointed you to be prophets of the nation. So before you were Put together in your mother's womb, God already chose him and set him apart. Let me tell you something. Before you were put together in your mother's womb, God already knew you and had a plan for your life, just as he did Jeremiah. So what I need to understand is the walk in faith is that God has a plan for my life. Tell yourself that. Say, God has a plan for my life. Oh, well, y'all good. (laughs) Hello, Christmas tree. God has a plan for your life. At least he's listening. Let me come to this side. This side, I'm giving up on this side. Tell yourself, God has a plan for your life. Hey, hey, there you go. Amen. You need to believe that because that's where your hope comes from. When your situation looks hopeless, you realize God didn't just abandon me. He has a plan for my life. Again, just keep reading those verses that are on there. That's part that was still part one. <coughs> Second, part two today is I need to understand not only does God have a plan for my life, and we mentioned this a little bit last week, is I have to have faith in God. I have to have faith in God. Notice what Joshua, again, we just continue reading from verse 3, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Notice what it says, God speaking. It says, I will, circle that, I will, not you, it's not in your power, it's God. I will, it says, give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Again, Moses never walked in the promise because of their unbelief. Verse 4 says, Your territory will, not might, it says will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, uh, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. He says no one will be able to stand up against you uh, all the days of your life. And notice what he says. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. God did not forsake Moses and that and the Israelites there. They forsake God. God said, get ready to go into the promised land. And they said, no. There's some bad dudes in there. We don't like that neighborhood. And they were scared. But he's telling Moses, he's telling Joshua now, now it's your turn. Get ready to cross. Get ready to put your foot in the Jordan River that's overflowing and it's going to stop. You, all you got to do is step. He says, I I was with Moses. God was with them. But they chose not to do what God told them to do. It's not that God changed his mind. You see, lack of faith is not a failure on God's part. It's It's a character flaw in ours. Moses in that generation, their character flaw was they never could trust God. They are, everything they seen was such a fear in their life that they wanted to run and say, oh, well, we can't, we can't. But God says, just as I was with Moses, they could have accomplished everything Joshua and all did. If they would have been willing to step. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20. This is what it says here. God says, I will hide my face from them, he said. And see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children who are unfaithful. But the King James Version, I put in parentheses for you there, it says, children in whom is no faith. In other words, a generation who does not believe me. A generation that believes in me, but a generation that does not believe me. And I think we're here, there, now in this world. Many people believe in him, but they don't believe him. I I don't preach right there for an hour and a half. See, faith is not about a positive feeling. And i put this on your paper here. Faith is not about a positive feeling. It's about a positive action. It's easy to take the step if, if the river would have been dry. It's easy when everything's laid out in the plan and all the blueprints there. But it's when it's unknown, when it seems overwhelming, is when you've got to take that step of faith. I've got to preach this side again. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you have to walk in out that faith. Listen, God, and we're going to see in a few verses here, he begins saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Why would he have to tell them be strong and courageous? Because everything was going to be okay uh, with no problems? You're not going to face any enemies? No, he's saying you are about to face some giants and fortified cities, but be strong and courageous because I am with you. And if you do what I tell you to do, you walk where I say to walk, you walk in victory. They were a generation with no faith. The Israelites did not trust God. They did not believe he could do. And listen, they walked through the Dead Sea, through the uh, Red Sea, parted the ways. God fed them manna, gave fire by night, cloud in the day. And if we're not careful, we'll think, oh, man, I can't believe they didn't believe. And trust. You know how many miracles God done in your life? But we still get scared. We still don't trust fully in things. But know God has a plan for your life. And that if I have faith in Him and trust Him, I'll make it through. Faith is not about what you feel uh, when you see the swollen river. It's about what you do. Faith is not about what you feel. Feelings are emotions of the soul. That's why David said, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Because he was facing so many things that he didn't want his body, Just wanted, he just wanted to throw his hands up and surrender and I quit. But he's saying, oh no, we're not giving up. He began in his spirit man's talking to the soulish man. Praise him. Oh my soul praise him. and when your soul when the fears in your, in your mind sees the swollen river is your spirit man going to say run or is he going to say step it's at a arise and cross arise and cross he' down I'm ready to give up but the Lord said, arise and cross. Arise and cross. Again, faith is not about what you feel when you see the obstacles in, is in your life. It's about what you do when you see them. Moses and that group chose to not go. Joshua and his crew decided to go. Third thing. <coughs> First thing is to, to uh, <coughs> excuse me, I lost my water. <coughs> First thing is that we know God has a plan. Second thing is have faith in God. And the third thing is never give up or compromise God's word. Oh, I, I see it. Thank you, Brother Pastor Allen. I see it right here. <clears throat> so put it up there, right as right, you're writing there. The third thing I need to do is never give up or on, never give up on God's word or God's promise, or compromise God's word. Look what it says in Joshua one, six through nine. And this is what we've been talking Joshua one verses one through verse nine. Notice what he begins to say: Be strong and courageous. Right? Remember, I just told you a while ago, why would he tell you to be strong and courageous if there wasn't something that would bring fear to you? I have to be, I have to have courage to face something that I'm scared of. He says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people. And he's talking to Joshua, you will lead these people to inherit the land that I, now notice what he says, that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong, verse 7 again, be strong, and now he's saying, he adds an adjective in there, not just courageous, be very courageous. But notice what he goes to say, be careful, circle that, be careful to obey all, not part, all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. You hear me? Do not turn to the right or left of it. And then it says what? That you may be successful wherever you go. You want me to tell you something? So many people will just grab onto the bottom part of that. That God says I'll be successful wherever I go. There's a condition to that. And that is if you're strong and courageous and be careful to do all the things and not all the things of the law of Moses and not turn to the right or to the left. He says, then you'll be successful. Verse 8 says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. And he says, meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do Every, to do everything written in it. And then there's that word again. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And he says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? He's not suggesting for you to be strong and courageous. He's saying, that's a command to be. That, that is walking in faith, that I'm going to walk in faith there. He says, have I not commanded you to be strong and co- courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Think of all those statements right there. He's letting them know you're about to face some stuff in life. That's why he's telling them, don't be terrified. Again, being terrified is not a little bitty problem that you're facing. It seems a problem that's bigger than you. But it doesn't mean, matter what the problem says about you. It doesn't matter what the, how the giants see you. It's how God sees you and how you see you. See, that, that first group with Moses says, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. But they also said, but we also look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. See, the way they, they seen themselves as defeated. But God had promised them uh, the, the promised land. So he says things. We need to realize that there are absolutes in life. God's word is absolutely true. You can't take his word and just pick out what you want. You know, oh, well, I don't like this, but I'm going to tear that page out. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's what we do. We make God, and we, as people turn to the right or to the left from God's word, well, I know God's word says this, but that's either a right or a left turn you make. And we start trying to make God into the God we want him to be, so it suits our life. So it suits what we want to do instead of being the God who he is. That's why it says, fear the Lord your God. Because it doesn't matter what you think is right or wrong. What he says is right or wrong is right and wrong. And we used this scripture many times before, but I wanted to share it again with this in Second Timothy verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. He says, for a time will come, which I believe we're in now, when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Think about that. He's saying in the future, a time's coming when men are not going to put up with with this sound doctrine. But it says this, instead to what? Suit their own desires, what I want. God, I know your word says this, but it, it gives me conviction but I don't want to quit. I don't want to give it up. I believe. I don't care what you believe. This is the truth. He says, instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. You know what, and they say, I know God's word says this, but I'm not quite sure I I believe. How about you, Sister Hazel, will you join my club? And maybe if we get enough people that don't quite agree with this, it'll be okay, because our whole group don't believe it. That's right. You have to understand God's word is God's word. And he's telling you, don't turn to the right or to the left of it. Meditate on it day and night. And notice what it says here. Right before they're getting ready to cross the river, in Joshua 3, 3 and 5, Joshua told the people, purify yourselves. That word purify also means concentrate or sanctify, to set yourself apart. Purify yourselves, because tomorrow the Lord will perform miracles among you. You hear me? I need to know God has a plan. I need to have faith in God's plan. Right? And I need to never, ever, ever give up on God's word because all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. But I also need to not ever compromise God's word. If I, if, if I let sin, any part of sin in my life, it doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. You hear me? We all make mistakes. But to live in outright sin and say, well, God, I'm just in God's grace and he just doesn't care. It's a lie. God does care. God said to set yourself apart. Do no no longer conform to the pattern of this world. Why does he say no longer? Because before you were saved, you've conformed to the pattern of this world. And he says no longer. In other words, he wants change in your life. To sanctify yourself, to put put yourself apart, to be set apart. As he said to Jeremiah, I have set you apart. God has called you and has a plan. He wants you to be apart, pulled apart from the world that you could bring his light into this dark world. Amen. Let's stand to our feet right now. Father, I just come to you today. And Father, we know your promises are true to us. And Father God, we understand that The enemy comes in to kill, steal, and destroy, Father, and he fights every step of the way. But we know that your plan for us will succeed, Father God. Your plan for our life will succeed as long as we are faithful to your word and hold on to your word and your promises and never compromise your word, Father God, that we have faith. To take the steps into the unknown, Father God, that we're ready to let loose of the past, let loose of our Egypt so we could walk in the future. That we're, we're no longer just so consumed with our past where we were comfortable, where we knew everything ahead of time, but where we're ready to walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Father, help us to take those steps of faith that we need to in our life, Father. We may be facing giants. It seems like giants in that land right now, Father God. Rushing rivers in that land. But until we take that step, the rivers won't slow down. It's when we take that step, your hand will move. The presence of God We'll move in that situation and change those things. I thank you for that right now. We worship you today, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Let's give the Lord a hand.